You know what I noticed? God loves a good challenge. <laughs> I was just, you know, being with Papa here in conversation and meditation over the world. And I was like, Papa, you should complain a lot about Israel. <laughs> like 90% of the scriptures you complain about Israel. I'm like, well, but you chose them. <laughs> Like you picked them. Why do you did you pick them when you complain about them so much? Papa's like, well, I like a good challenge. <laughs> I was like, well, hallelujah. You know, because it's kind of like, you know, I have the fear of God. I, I don't really want to say that, but I was like, well, you chose them. Why? He said, well, because it's not about you. It's about my glory. If I can do that with them, well, uh, God can do anything. See, he likes a good challenge. You notice, God never chooses the easy path. Never. Was it easier to just erase mankind and create a new Adam? Of course. He didn't do that. You know, with Noah and his family, he didn't do that. He always chooses the harder path. Because God is a winner. He can make a way where there is no way. He's not dependent on our obedience and cooperation. No. It might look like God is complaining, but really, he's not really complaining as much as he is exposing our wickedness by his righteous standard. See, when he gives us all these prophecies, right? Isaiah chapter 1, I hate your... Rosh Chodesh, I hate your Sabbath, I hate your convocations. When you pray, I'm going to hide my face from you, you wicked, rebellious people. Ezekiel 16, now listen, you whore, talking to Israel. It's Ezekiel 34, you worthless, false shepherds, you feed yourself, you feast on my sheep, on their sins. It's like all of scripture is rebuking Israel, the unfaithful prostitute. And yet, out of all the nations, that's the one he chose. <laughs> Go figure, right? But then again, don't figure, because you're not God. We don't think like him. He said, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Ah. We cannot understand God's thoughts. Or we can understand is that we must trust in him because he is God. Period. That's it. End of story. He is God. Omnipresent, omniscient. He knows everything. He is in absolute control of everything. If something happened, it's because he allowed it. Some are his first choice, some are his second choice. But he allowed it nevertheless. There's no plan B with God. Everything is known from the beginning. There's no surprises. He never has to come up with an alternative. Now, given it's not his first choice, he would have preferred if we all just obeyed and were righteous, right? Ezekiel 18, if the wicked turns away from his wickedness, he will surely live. His wickedness will no longer be remembered. Do I delight in the death of the wicked? No. But that he turns from his wickedness and live. 
But then again, God knows who we are. He's aware. He thought it through before it came to be. You know, the world didn't just happen. God put careful planning. Nobody ever talks about it, how much thought God had to put in while designing this whole universe from beginning to end. The chronology of the people architecturing the people in the right timing, the right locations, knowing who we are, engineering our personalities together. It's beyond understanding, but everything is planned. There is nothing random. Absolutely nothing. God does not roll the dice. Everything is planned by design. Every leaf, every tree, every mosquito is all there by design. And that is just beyond mind-blowing. But it's the truth. And I know this because, well, I know the Lord. The Holy Spirit testifies. Yeshua said that the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send you, will testify about me. And it does. People say, how do you know Yeshua is the truth? Well, the Holy Spirit. He is alive and well today. In me, today. Dwelling in me. So, obviously... It is the truth. <laughs> now, you don't have to believe it. That is your choice. But it's the truth nevertheless. And eventually, you will believe it. Because you will see it with your own eyes when you stand up for the judgment that is waiting for all those who chose to not believe. And again, that is by design. Now, you can ask why. And I can, you know, speculate. Do I f fully know? No. I don't know everything. Obviously, I'm not God. But for my understanding, which really is not my understanding, but what Adonai has revealed to us, everything is about Him and His glory, not us. When you take a sponge and scrub your toilet, is it in the sponge best interest? No, He'd rather not go in your toilet. He'd rather be in your kitchen <laughs> cleaning something nice and pretty, not the toilet. And yet the toilet needs to be cleaned. But it's not about the sponge. It's about you. And it's the same thing with God. We are his instrument, his tools, his vessels that he created. He, he is the potter, we are the clay. Does the clay have the right to complain to the potter, why did you make me like this? No. He made you the way he wanted you to be. And he's going to use you the way he wants to use you. And there's nothing you can do or say about it. And that's the end of it. And that's one thing that nobody likes to hear. But it's the truth. He is God. You are not. Period. He chooses. And the only choice you have is to either obey or disobey. But at the end of the day, you will do His will. Willingly or not. It's like that movie Inception. Horrible movie. Don't watch it. But it's the idea of planting a thought so that you would think it's yours and act on it, even though it came from God. And I see it all the time. See, he does it with people in my family who are unbelievers. And he shows it to me because I'm his child, I'm his son, I'm his follower, you know, I'm in the family. And I can see he gives me this idea, right? And then I need some ingredient. And then my mom buys the exact ingredient that I wanted. I didn't even have to say a thing. And she's an unbeliever. She doesn't believe in God. It doesn't matter. 
and then I put it on her heart to get that one thing that I needed. <laughs> now she might think it's her idea, but I know the truth. It's not. She had no idea why she did what she did. And it happens to all of us all the time. We just do things. And later, it turns out, it was God. See, Herzl was cooking something the other day, and it, he sampled it. And I said, wait, did you sample that with the raw eggs in it? You know, he was making some uh, cake, and you know, he told me, well, when you add sugar to raw eggs, it cooks it, so it's fine. But then, you know, I said it. I didn't even know why, right? But turns out he forgot to put the eggs in. <laughs> and God used me to say that thing to remind him that he hasn't even put the eggs in yet. And he's like, oh, you know what? I forgot to put the eggs. <laughs> and if I hadn't mentioned it, he wouldn't have known. God used me without my knowledge. He does it all the time. Don't be so arrogant to think that you know we are blind. We have our virtual reality goggles binded to our eyes. We have very limited eyesight. That's why Paul said we see through a keyhole. But one day we will see him and be as he is. But that has not come yet. That is a long way off. But for now, all you really have to do is love him and obey. Be willing. Because that's all that matters. God wants a relationship. He wants to love you, just like you love your children. You want to walk with them, talk with them, sit with them, play with them. Well, that's what he does with us. He just want to touch you, love you, be with you, caress you, kiss you, hug you. He loves you. And he does. But all of that, again, is if you allow him and invite him in. He doesn't rape, he doesn't force. Unless you repent of your wickedness and your rebellion and actually submit unto him, receive the Holy Spirit after you've been washed clean by the blood of Yeshua, only then will he agree to dwell inside of you and share this life with you. Because God is perfect. Perfect cannot coincide with imperfection. The only way he can even look at you without being disgusted is that you are washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. The perfect, unblemished, unspotted Lamb of God. The perfect atonement that was acceptable on his behalf for us. To atone for us. Not for his sins, but for us, because we are the wicked ones. The Torah says it very clearly, you know, Yeshua came to fulfill the Torah, not the Catholic Church. He didn't come to fulfill the Archbishop of Rome, or the Pope, or whatever you believe in, Lutheran, all those denominations. It's not a Christian thing, it's a Israeli book. Give it to the people of Israel. You know, another thing that you're not going to want to hear that Papa showed me, when I was talking to him about the Millennial Age and the Kingdom of Heaven, Right, the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, new earth. And I said, well, who are those nations? If everybody's grafted into Israel, well, who are the nations? They said, well, it's not what you think. Grafted in does not mean you become a part of Israel. It means you share. You get a share in the blessings of Israel, but you're not Israel. And he said, think of Abraham with his 
second wife, really her, his third, Ketorah, they had more sons. He gave them blessings and yet he sent them away to the east because they knew that the inheritance is reserved for Yitzchak. See, the land of Israel is for the descendants of Israel. That was the promise to Abraham, to your and your descendants forever, to Yasharel, Yaakov, to your descendants forever. The nations are not the descendants of Israel. Surely they are granted forgiveness of sins through the blood of the Lamb, Yeshua, so that they could even have life, because without Yeshua they are condemned to hell. So he gives them that, so that they can continue in his presence eternally, be in his presence, meaning in life with him. But they're not going to be in Israel. You're not going to live in the land of Israel. Sure, you will come and visit three times a year, bring your offering on the Shalosh Regalim, you know, Pesach, Shavuot and Sukkot, in according with all the prophets, right, Isaiah, you will come every year. But you're not going to be living in the land of Israel. That is for the descendants of Yasharel, Israel. All the way from the Euphrates to the Nile is the land of Israel, not yours. And the same in the new heaven, the new Jerusalem, 12 gates. What are the names on the gates? the 12 tribes of Yasharel, and he said the nations will come to the city. Well, who are the nations? You people. <laughs> you are the nations. You are the nations now. You are the nations later. Now, one thing to remember, though, is that Israeli does not mean Jewish. Not all the descendants of Israel are Jewish. They are spread out throughout the nations. You know, we don't really know who they are, but it doesn't matter. We don't need to know. God does. He'll take care of it. Now, sure, some foreigners will reside in the land of Israel, as they did before. But again, it's the land of Israel. We can't have everybody living in one area. You can't have the entire world in one city. No, the entire world is going to populate the entire world. That is just the capital, just as you don't have everybody living in Jerusalem today. You have about a million, but... You know, we have 10 million in Israel and 8 billion in the world. Not everybody is in Jerusalem. And it's going to be the same thing in the new Jerusalem. It's not complicated to understand, so don't have the wrong idea, though. You're still the nations. Now, you surely, you will have the Spirit of God in you and you will have a relationship with Him. But as far as the geographic location, that is for Israel. There is no spiritual Israel, as you Christians promote. No such thing. You're grafted in to the covenant so that you could obey the Torah, obey his laws of selfless love, keep yourself holy and pure by abstaining from all the uncleanliness that he told Israel. Don't eat the pig, don't eat the shrimp, keep the Sabbath day holy, meaning the seventh day holy, and do the rest of the commandments that all of you Christians violate. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? You want to replace Israel and you don't even do what Israel did. Nowhere in the scriptures does he tell you to worship Sunday. Now you could say Yeshua rose on the first day. Yes, he did, but so what? Did he tell you to worship it? Don't tell me this Sunday is the Sabbath. It's not. Even in the, what you use to excuse yourself, it says, we came the day after the Sabbath and he rose. So, there's no excuse for you to worship on the day of the sun except that of the Roman Catholicism that came out of the worship of the sun god, pagan deities, 
Sunday, the day of the sun, worship on the sun god, came out of anti-Semitism. They don't want to do what the Jews do, because, well, you know, the Jews, they yuck, right? But the Sabbath is not a Jewish day. It is a day of the Lord. The Jews were the ones to keep it. The Israelis, the tribe, you know, the tribes of Israel were to observe God's holy days. Same thing with everything else. Yom Kippur, Yom Teruah, Sukkot. It's all God's holy days, the Adonai's holy days, not a Jewish day. If you want to partake in his inheritance, in his blessing, you have to observe his days. He said it, even in the future, all nations will come on Sukkot and celebrate in his presence or else they will not get rain. So if they celebrated it in the past and they celebrate it in the future, do you not think that you must celebrate it and obey today? Where do you get that from? Not from the word of God. You follow some human teachings, much like Isaiah said, you honor God with your lips, but your heart is far from him. All of your traditions and, and obedience is based solely on human teachings, on doctrines of men. What the Pope teach, what the church, the pastor, the rabbi, but you don't follow the word of God. You have no obedience to the Father. And it's not that you couldn't obey, it's that you don't want to. Because again, your hearts are far from him. You just care about tradition, about your social club, your gathering, your culture, and that's your choice. So don't cry about what's coming for you, because you will get exactly what you deserve. Adonai said it, I come to pay each man according to his deeds. And Yeshua confirmed it in the book of Revelation. There's nothing new. It's not a Jewish book, it's not a Christian book. It is the word of God from beginning and forever. Hallelujah.